Hello and welcome to a new episode of I'm in Agony. Today we're going to react to episode two of season eight and then kind of put in our little predictions for episode three. It should be a short episode. Should be. I want to start off with that Sansa Danny scene in the library. <laughs> was that your favorite scene? Um, no, I think my favorite scene overall was Bran saying, like, I don't know if dragon fireworks no one's ever tried. <laughs> okay, but let's let's stick with the library. Um, so I like that they mentioned Northern Independence. Um, I like that Danny looked like a tyrant because that's going with our predictions. Um mm. and I think that something really notable happened in that scene for you. I don't know what you're referencing, but my thought is I think was- you you finally understood undercover lover oh yeah finally i believe i literally texted lizzie i was like paul john is real i see it i see it and once you see it you can't unsee it right exactly and then i'm like it's so obvious i explained it to some of my friends here that i watch thrones with every uh, monday since we watch it on mondays in new zealand um and I explained political John to them, and they're like, that's, like, what's happening, right? So they, they all, the only difference is, is, like, some people probably are not happy to think that John would try to manipulate someone like that. The, the only difference is um, some people, because the theory was made by a bunch of Johnson shippers, a lot of people think the theory itself is, like, disgusting because it's associated with us dirty shippers but it, it does and then a lot of people because of that think that the whole theory is about him and Sansa fucking secretly or something but it's not it's just that Do- John and Danny have a really sketchy romance mm-hmm. it's very validating to me that you finally see this anyways I also liked that it was very clear that Danny is completely driven to get the iron throne and she knows no other goal and she will not like sway from it or make any uh, allowances or compromises the whole calling it john's war when it's a war for humanity exactly oh you could just see she has a very rigid view of things one thing I loved about that scene was how, like, irritated Lord Royce was to, like, pretend <laughs> to be nice to Daenerys. He's, he's literally her Sansa's number one squad member, I think. Sansa only has one member of her squad now, it seems. But it's just, it's just so fun, like a random number one squad member to have, Lord Bronzeon Royce. I think in our predictions episode, we said that... Um, Lord Royce was definitely going to appear, but we didn't know how significant a role he would have. <laughs> but he's definitely appearing now, but he still doesn't have many roles, like or many lines or anything. He just basically <laughs> sends us like, bitch and does dirty glances for her. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh my god. Are we going to acknowledge the elephant in the room? That is the Gendrea sex scene. It it disturbed me so much. I, I 
I saw the episode twice. I skipped through it the first time, and then the second time, I just pulled my hat over my eyes and waited for it to be over. Because it's not like... I mean, as a sand sand shipper, being, like, my first ship in the fandom, Gendrea was always, like, the second in all sand sand fanfics. So I kind of just, like, casually shipped it for forever. But I never, like, wanted to see it. And so, like, seeing it on screen, I didn't like it. And it was super disturbing because I was just, like, thinking, like... We've seen Maisie when she was, like, 11 years old, 10 years old. But, you know, we also saw Sophie when she was that age, right? And you should have seen is a lot older than Gendry. But I wouldn't want to see it. So what you're saying is you only shift it in terms of, like, fan fiction, like, serving your, like, gross kinks? Sure. <laughs> you don't actually want to see it in reality? If I did want to, if I, if I would see it in the show, I would want to see it in kind of like a tragically somewhat unrequited love romantic thing where he like sacrifices his life for her. I, I don't understand you, but it's, anyway, as a Sansa shipper, how do you feel about uh, the fact that neither Santa or Sandra have acknowledged the other person's existence in the two episodes that they were united. I'm a slightly more anxious now that it's gone through two episodes, but I'm also holding out that it's they're like just ignoring each other because it's not like they've ever been in sort of the same room together with that wasn't like a large hall. Like Sandra wasn't at the battle meeting and you don't, like, see them in very close proximity to the each other at all so far. So I'm kind of thinking they're avoiding each other. Isn't that, like, not great for your ship? No. Like, isn't that it worse? Makes sense. It makes sense, though. You know what I think is more likely, though? D&D just don't care. That's possible, too. <laughs> just, like, they don't care about Daenerys and Arya having any sort of relationship. Yeah, well, I mean, they haven't, Daenerys and Arya really haven't talked, but also, like, Arya probably gives zero fucks about Daenerys whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's funny. (laughs) But, like, for for years, Arya and Danny stands have been like, Arya and Danny are going to become best friends. They're going to love each other so much, and they're going to go up against Sansa together. (laughs) And it's like they literally haven't ever interacted. Does does Danny even know Arya exists? I think so. I, if John hasn't talked about her, that's kind of weird. Does off screen? Because Danny doesn't seem to know much about anything. She really doesn't. She knows like negative five percent about the North and the House Stark. So how do you feel about the Northerners being really racist towards Masanda? I was, like, really kind of upset by that. Like, it makes sense, because they've probably never seen black people before. But I was also just like, casual racism. It wasn't that casual. But, okay, so I have, like, I'm of two minds about it. The first mind is that I love Miss Sandy so much. She's such an innocent, like, sweet, like, you know, truly the best person on Team Danny. 
she deserves so much better and it really pisses me off that those children were treating her like that and the the second mind i'm of is kind of like why was she looking at the children like that in the first place it was kind of creepy <laughs> like if just some random woman like just starts smiling at you and your children like how would you feel about that it's very stranger danger <laughs> like we know that miss sande is an innocent angel but they don't mm, yeah I don't really love these takes that, like, the Northerners are, like, a few of them are racist, so therefore they should all burn and they can't wait for the North to die and stuff like that. So, the Jamie Brand scene went pretty well, but I don't really have a lot to say about it, I guess. I really liked how much Brand, like, screen time and importance they're putting on him now. But I what I don't love is all these fake brand fans who are like acting like as though they've been friends with him the whole time or as though he's just got interesting now. Mm-hmm. I don't love all these fake people who last year are talking about how brand is an asshole who triggers Sansa on purpose and have no sympathy for brand. I'm very defensive of him. I know I love him so much. He's our son. Like, can you think about. Okay, who. Who has actually been traumatized as much as Bran? He's like, from the time he's a young age, he's had all these horrible things happen to him. And then he had to watch everything horrible that ever happened to his family happen and not be able to interfere. That's so sad. Including his sister being raped by Ramsay. Like, what the fuck? And he's just a little boy, you know? I mean, I also think Sansa has suffered a huge amount. It's just that at least she didn't have to watch that. And then. Basically, Bran has to take on all of these memories and he has to give up his place as, like, Lord of Winterfell and, like, heir to the North so that way he can, like, be humanity's memory and stop the Night King. And it's, like, he really sacrifices that much, that little little angelic little boy, and you guys are just going to give him... Just pay him dust. <laughs> That's why I hate the Bran is the Night King theory because it, it's, like... So the Night King is literally his nemesis, not John's I nemesis, Bran's nemesis. Notice how John does not carry the Night King's mark. <laughs> it's really weird to me that the, the Night King has an actor, you know, because it really doesn't seem like he has an actor. It seems like he's CGI. Like it'd be like finding out that there was someone who plays Drogon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, his actor said that he went. He the Night King came to like get access to a specific person, and then obviously the latest episode confirmed that person was Bran, not John. But have you heard this new theory that um the Night King is Rhaegar trying to um reanimate his his love Liana in the Winterfell corpse or in the Winterfell crypts, like get access to her and bring her back to life so she can no, be his Night Queen? But that's really weird. Apparently, it's a really popular theory. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I was talking to this girl um, who I'm writing a fanfiction with and have been for like a year. She's telling me that her husband um, says that he can't go on Reddit without coming across that theory. And she's surprised that I only just heard of the theory today. Oh my god, Arya's crying so much. Can you hear that? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so maybe I should talk about that. Arya having sex foreshadowing featuring my cat. 
it was really oddly coincidental. So I have a cat named Arya because I love Arya Stark and I love cats. So um, she is a kitten and happened to go into heat early and um, literally a few days before show Arya lost her virginity and it was just like really weird. <laughs> really weird coincidence. Yeah, creepy. A little bit creepy. Uh, some other things I want to touch on that have to do with the crypts is like everybody's going, the crypts, they're the safest place to be. And I'm just like, literally, there are thousands of corpses down there. What the hell? Are there people? thousands of corpses? Because isn't at it least, just the- at least hundreds? I mean, it goes all the way back to the Kings of Winter. There's multiple levels. I don't know, but like, would that work? Because they're all bones. They're not like. Like, they've decomposed, right? Maybe some of them have, but some of them haven't. Like, Ned's body is there. So some people are, like, talking about how Ned is gonna come back with his, like, decapitated body. But, like, the body must have decomposed by now. He's literally all bones, I mean. Yeah, like, he's just bones. There's that chapter where um, Catelyn goes and sees his bones that are returned to her. That was a sad chapter. Yeah, but like, I've never seen just the Night King animate skeletons. Yeah, I guess not need something to hold it together, but whatever. I'm kind of hoping that it backfires and that they kind of defend the living, either as risen corpses or maybe like the statues do. Ask Battle of Hogwarts. Though, it'll probably end up being if the, the dead in the crypts do rise, they probably will be with a Night King, but can't get out of the crypts, because like, you know how those swords are supposed to keep uh, like, vengeful spirits within the crypts? So, like, the spirits are tied to them, so they can't leave the crypts, so people will be able to escape. I see. No, I don't, I don't really get it. I don't really get all these (laughs) theories, but it's probably gonna happen. I don't know, I have mainly been focused on, like, not speculating about the others because I feel like you can't speculate on them because everything that happens is so random. Yeah, it's very mysterious. You don't know anything about them, really. So who do you think is going to die next week? Oh man, I made a whole list. I made six people. I think Beric is going to die for sure. Um, who's he going to reanimate? Who's he going to reanimate? Either Bran or Theon. So you think he's going to give someone the kiss of life? Yeah, he's going to give either Bran or Theon the kiss of life. Seeing Beric and Bran make out will be really, really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're the one who came up with the theory, Rachel. Yeah, but I didn't think of it like that. I thought about, like, somebody dying and then being brought back to life. I didn't think about the actual mechanics of it, okay? Well, it's a kiss. (laughs) Of life, so I think it's mouth to mouth. Okay, whatever. I think Theon is definitely going to die. 100%. Um, I I don't know, because I think that Beric is, might bring Arya back to life. Oh, you think Arya's gonna die? Well, just that Beric and, and Bran have never met, so they have, like, no connection. Whereas he's really, Beric is really tied to Arya's arc. And then if Catelyn is the one, or Lady Stoneheart is the one giving someone the kiss of life, like, in the books, then I think it would make sense to be Arya. I don't know. 
Oh, that would make sense. Like, it would also make sense for it to be Arya. Or John, maybe, because... Yeah. I would hate that, though. Me too, but, like, I feel like that's something that would happen. Because it would be one of those ironic things. But I think I think it would be Arya, her daughter. Um, I mean, I know Bran is also her son, by the way, listeners. I'm not that confused. It's just that Beric and Bran, that's such a random combination. <laughs> I think um, Tormund is also going to die, and Dolores Ed is going to die. Possibly Podrick, and maybe Jorah, but I don't think so. It'd be really sad if Lyanna Mormont died, though, and Jorah didn't. Did you like their scene together? It wasn't, I don't know, I thought they would have a bit more of a negative interaction, but I did I did like that everybody, all the Bear Island people, totally stan Lyanna and like don't give a single fuck about Jorah. <laughs> I love their interaction because, like, Liana's, like, learning to be a proper lady, so not just super rude all the time. But, like, at the same time, she has so much disdain for him. I don't need to be told what to do by you. I love her. She's great. I also really liked the uh, Theonsa scene. Are you starting to ship it? I wouldn't be upset if it was Endgame. Would you refer it to Johnsa? Wait, what do you mean? Because I know Pref- you- Oh, pref- prefer it to Johnsa? Yes. <laughs> do you notice how they had like the exact same interaction that Johnson did when they first reenacted like a hug and then they have soup together soup like what's with Sansa and soup she's you <laughs> I'm like the least sansa it's actually really scary how similar my personality is to Daenerys and I'm such a John we're actually John Aris oh, that's horrible <laughs> Don't think about it too much. I really loved the Dadvos scene, though. It almost made me cry. Were him and Gilly say that little girl with the burn scar on Do you ship Gilly and Davos yet? No. I'm surprised. Because, you know, that's an old man and a young girl, and I just assumed you'd be right on that. Well, Gilly Sam is so pure. That's, that's true. I like the scene of them all in bed together. It was very Titanic. I've actually never seen that. Oh, well, there's a there's a scene when the ship is going down in Titanic where, uh, like, music is playing and there's this old couple, like, lying down, huddle, like, cuddling on the bed as the water rises in it and they're, like, gonna die. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So, do you think that Gendry is going to die and then, like, come back as a white and then chase Arya. Like, you know that those scenes that we've seen of Arya, like, running down the halls, like, horrified? Mm, I don't know. Didn't think so. I kind of was getting vibes now. Because that's that what it, I keep like, seeing on Free Folk. I get vibes now that, like, Gendry is going to end up becoming the new Lord Baratheon. Mmm. Hard disagree. I, th- I get the vibe that Gendry's going to survive the battle and then be killed by Daenerys because she finds out that she's Robert Baratheon's bastard and she's sick of people like coming in the way of her claim yeah I think his fate is more tied to the fact that he's Robert's bastard I don't think it's just gonna be a random like oh he's dead and he's gonna be a white thing yeah because he keeps just being like I'm Robert Baratheon's bastard bastard (laughs) (laughs) haven't you heard Arya He's so proud of it, and I'm like, no, this doesn't make any sense. It's because, like, actual, like, book Gendry 
is not the Gendry on the show. The like he's been merged with Edric Storm. Oh yeah. Edric's so pro Robert. And yeah, so basically Arya just fucked Edric Storm thinking it was Gendry. <laughs> what did you think of the knighting of Brienne? I gotta be honest with you. The way that Gwendolyn did Brienne's smile in that scene, it made it look like really fake and that she was like her smile, it just did not look genuine. But I was really happy for her. And um I, I actually that entire scene I was like, really? Brienne has to spend her last night on Earth with Tyrion? <laughs> yeah, that whole fireplace interaction was so comical. It was so forced in my opinion. The best part of it was Tormund. I know, everybody was just so disturbed at his his giant story. And then Davos is like, I think I'll have that drink now. And I was like, what a mood. I think my favorite part of it is like, they call you king killer, don't they? And then Jamie's like, I'm sure someone does. (laughs) 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 I also like don't understand what they're doing with Jamie and Tormund. Is it like, are they... Or sorry, not Jamie and Tormund, Brienne and Tormund. Because it almost made it sound, when Brienne's like, I'm happy you're here, Tormund, it almost made it seem as though she kind of likes him. Even no, though I, every facial expression she's ever given him is pure disgust. I, I think it, it was she was just being polite, and then she realized, oh shit, I fucked up because now this is gonna like lead him on more. Like He's gonna think I like him. And then she was just like, Trying to cover it in a very Brienne way. Hmm. Yeah, that makes more sense. Because I was like, what the fuck? I thought you hated him, Brienne. All of her stank faces at him are hilarious. I know. I love that entire, like, facial expression. Romance. Romance is not the right word, but, like, in Tormund's mind it is. He's honestly kind of stalkery towards her. And it's, it's very, um... stalkery towards her. Apparently the entire thing was invented by the actor who plays Tormund. <laughs> and then D&D just went with it. <laughs> that makes sense because he's a huge Tormund Brienne fan. Yeah, um, apparently Gwendolyn Christie says that she was not prepared for the looks that he was giving her. And that when um, the actor whose name I cannot for the life of me pronounce. Christopher Hibbew. Thank you. Um, was looking at her, she said the looks were pure sex. <laughs> pure sex and and like I think a lot of her reaction was that she just didn't know what was happening at first exactly <laughs> it's so funny though <laughs> you know it's really funny because I think in Tormund's mind like him and Brienne are like the big like will they won't they couple of like the entire battle but like all the other couples are getting more screen time but yeah, like exactly. John doesn't I term does not care about like Generis or any of those things he thinks that him and Brienne are like the most attractive most important because obviously in Tormund's mind he's the hero of the story exactly <laughs> they call you king killer <laughs> I love Tormund. He's so funny. I really don't want him to die. Remember when you like didn't care, and then we saw him on screen. You're like, "Wow, I care so much." 
I know, in our prediction. I guess it was because I already assumed he was dead, and I'm like, eh, whatever, I've moved on. And as soon as I see him again, I'm like, oh my god, don't ever leave me again. I love when he, like, crashed into John, and I was like, wow, John Mund is real. I don't think Ed is gonna die, by the way. I think that Ed would be, is gonna, like, he just can't die, you know, because he's always like, I'm gonna be the last one alive. Ed survives it all out of pure pessimism. I know. I would love that, actually. I really love that John spent his last night on Earth with his brothers, mm. Ed and Sam. I, uh, two things I want to get to before we wrap this up is um, the battle plan about how Bran is going to be in the Godswood. So I think the Night King is going to like drop down off of Viserion, get in there, and kill all the redshirt ironborn. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry. You think that the Night King is a paratrooper? <laughs> no, he's gonna do like a power drop. <laughs> what the fuck's a power drop? <laughs> it's like a... It seems like a Band of Brothers, like, Game of Thrones crossover, which I love, but which I was not expecting you to come up with. Oh, it's, it's like a... Uh, it's, it's like kind of like what... Like, think... Thor, you know? Like from ancient mythology? No, Thor from Marvel. Oh. Like when he lands. Unfortunately, I've only ever seen one Marvel movie, and I kind of blocked it all out. A power drop, essentially, is when you just, like, you jump off of something, and then you land in, like, a kneeling position with your, like, fist down, and create, like, a small crater. (laughs) Okay. So the Night King... But what you're saying is basically, yeah, the Night King is going to be a paratrooper. He's just going to have, like, a fl- he's in flight, and then he jumps down and goes immediately into battle. Sure. That's not the main thing, though. The main thing is that he's going to kill all of the Ironborn red shirts and Theon, and he's going to have a big battle with Bran. And then I think Bran is going can't to battle anyone. He's in a wheelchair. He's gonna His have a is a blanket. He's gonna have a psychic energy battle. Okay, he's gonna tap into the Weirwood network. This is Pokemon, Rachel. <laughs> but why would Bran be in the Godswood? What's the point of him being in the Godswood specifically for this? I think it's because it's supposed to be like he's out of the way. He's closer to the old gods. He's closer to the Weirwood net. Yeah, I mean, I get that part, but like, what's the psychic battle? Bran has. You think Bran's gonna kill the Night King? No, Bran's not gonna kill the Night King. They're not gonna be able to kill him. So what's gonna happen to him in this battle? Like, why does he leave Bran alone? Bran's gonna get saved with the kiss of life, or by the kiss of life, and then they're gonna all scatter. Like, there's gonna be a dragon scatter group, and then there's gonna be on foot scatter group. And then there's going to be a suicide squad that allows the foot scatter group to leave. Do you think that suicide group is going to include Sandark Legane? It might. Do you think it's going to include Podrick? Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. Do you think Podrick and Sandark Legane will become friends? No. Do you think they'll have any screen time together? No. Do you think that um, Clegane Bowl is going to happen? Uh, maybe, but I honestly don't care anymore, because, um, Gregor's, like, zombie Gregor, he's not really Gregor Clegane anymore, so what's the point of Sandor trying to kill him? 
Hasn't he been zombie Gregor since, like, season four, though? I know. But, I mean, Sandor hasn't known that for a while. Well, it, it kind of only hit me when they had the interaction, I guess, in the, in the dragon pit. Mm, I see. I also think the White Walkers, the White Walkers are going to be able to go through that fire moat that they put oil in, I think. Because, you know, how they can, they, I think, at Hardhome, the White Walkers can, like, walk into fire and, like, stop it. Yeah, the White Walkers can go through fire, but the Whites can't, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. But they, like, do that, and then they have whites that are gonna, like, swarm the walls and, like, climb the walls. Because they have those little spikes of dragon glass. In the, That's pretty on smart. The and then they have, like, big um, logs attached to the side of the walls with dragon glass spikes all around them. That's so they're cool. gonna, like, they're probably gonna, like, try and swarm the walls. Yeah, apparently Winterfell's gonna be burned. And this is Daenerys just gonna burn it with dragon fire to try and stop the advancement. No one knows how it's gonna burn. Like, no one knows if it's gonna be who's gonna burn it, but it's gonna burn. Hmm. I think it's likely that it'll be Danny. So, my other question is King's Landing also burns. So, why does it burn? Does it burn because of the Night King? There's multiple ways it could burn. It could be the Night King gets there and turns everybody. Like kills a lot of people and turns them into whites. So then Danny burns the city to save them. Cersei burns the city to keep it from being captured by Danny with wildfire. Or Daenerys just goes evil Danny and burns the city to try and defeat Cersei. Mm-hmm. Which which of those do you think is better? I'd be kind of annoyed if the Night King made it all the way down to King's Landing and that like the whole season is about him. Do you want the Night King plot to be wrapped up, like, next episode? Kind of. I want I want Dark Danny to happen. I know. It would be more interesting than the Night King, wouldn't it? Yeah, because the Night King is very... He's a very flat character villain. But it actually makes sense to me that Danny and the Night King would be working together because our the Night King's motivations are kind of just explained by Bran, which is to basically erased humanity's memory by killing him and then whose motto is if i look back i'm lost you know so danny is also not has a lot of symbolism and an association with forgetting so they Mm. really they're not like they are foils but really they're both kind of like brand's enemies like brand who represents earth is the enemy of fire and ice Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but... I don't know either. I'm not sure, but, like, Bran being the main hero is all I want. Same. Same. I would love if Bran, like... The only way I could possibly allow, like, there to be an Iron Throne and someone to be on it, if it was Bran on it. <laughs> good King Bran. What if it was, like, a mortal Good King Bran? That would be kind of scary, but also I I would be into it. He deserves his comeuppance, you know. He does. I don't know. I think I've actually become more defensive of Bran because before, like, he would get a lot of unnecessary hate, but now people are just, like, turning him into a meme. And he's more than a meme, you know. I know, but I do love some of the memes. Some of the memes are really good. All the memes that came out of him looking at Jamie were really good. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think this is actually longer than we expected it to be, so maybe we should wrap this up. Yeah. 
So everybody, thank you for listening to our short little reaction episode. I hope you enjoyed it. You could send us some messages and tell us what you think about what we think or Or just what you think. Doesn't have to be Yeah. yeah. But thank you for listening and we'll see you next week.